All right, everybody, JP's Political Matrix. I'm so glad you're here. Tune in to cgmradio.com forward slash JP. Subscribe, if you will. We've got a great show. I hope you've taken your red pill today, everybody, or else you will not understand half of what we're talking about. Lather up in that red shampoo. Lather up. Put the lotion on. Get ready. All right. Welcome to JP's Political Matrix. I've got Ryan on the board producing the show today. Hello, hello. Good to be here. Two weeks out, buddy. So glad you're here. I'm two weeks out from an election that will make or break the United States of America, and that is no lie. We are absolutely on a precipice of something amazing and uh, could go one of two ways, and we are really praying it goes the Trump way. <laughs> it <laughs> has there's to. There's a lot happening right now. So I did want to just say a few things up front. Uh, with this show in particular, because there's been some things out there in regards to uh, Rush Limbaugh. <clears throat> so I want to take a few minutes now just to discuss a, a Rush Limbaugh and his impact. Um, I remember, uh, and we'll discuss his situation in just a moment, but I do recall back in college, uh, this would have been in around 1991 uh, and driving uh, with a, a friend of mine. Uh, he was actually on staff with a, an organization that I was heavily involved with called Campus Crusade for Christ. And uh, this gentleman was uh, was kind of a, uh, a leader. Well, I mean, he was a leader in that organization. And we were driving down the main street of where, we were, where I was going to school, and um, Stephen F. Austin, actually, in the Piney Woods of East Texas. And he reaches down... And he turns on the radio. I don't know where we were headed that day, but turns on the radio. And, um, man, my ears had never heard anything like this. It was like ear candy. It was listening to somebody speak and articulate what I believed, but didn't necessarily even know that I believed that way. Because I was apolitical, non-political. So I didn't have a lot to me as far as depth that I thought, right? I didn't, I didn't know, and, and I still don't. Don't get me wrong, everybody. I really don't. But what I do have is a, uh, a, a solid point of view from a conservative common sense stance. And I didn't know I really had that. I wouldn't have known had you asked me, what, you know, why did you like Ronald Reagan? I don't know. You know, why did you like uh, George Bush at the time? And, you know, that's all we had, guys. That's all we had. But, uh, you know, I didn't really understand. I didn't necessarily know what I didn't know either. So he turns down the radio. We're driving down Main Street, right? And up pops this gentleman who spoke so eloquently and brought forth thoughts and ideas and truth to everything that was being uh, betrayed at the time, most likely with the three main networks, maybe four. And... Um, you know, the UHF channels, right? So wasn't that long ago, but still, it was uh, still a monopoly. I think CNN was coming along. We know where they stand, right? But again, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I began to, I heard him. I said, who's this? And he said, oh, this is Rush Limbaugh. And I said, wow. Okay. Okay. And I kind of, I didn't think a whole lot of it. I just was like, what, 
what was that? Because, you know, who listened to AM radio at the time, right? I'm a college kid. I'm not listening to AM radio. I'm listening to FM, listening to all the top 40 hits, I suppose, at the time. And, you know, going along with life, just uh, unwittingly, of course, not knowing again what I did not know. And began the process, though. It tickled my ears so much that 15, 20 minute episode, maybe it was a monologue as Rush does so well in his first hour and second and third hour. He does a 15, 20 minute monologue at the beginning of every hour. And that's when you can really catch some of his best stuff. So I got to hear that and I loved it because I had never heard anybody put politics inside of such a common sense and an, an easy pill that, that I could swallow. And he, he did that, and it was such a, a, a cool experience. So 1991, 92-ish, that, 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 that time frame was so special because I kind of woke up, if you will. So I had my own little awakening, and I began to be more astute on what was going on of what you'd call the current events of the day. This is kind of where it all started. So Rush Limbaugh uh, in 91, 92, uh, we would uh, listen to him, me and my friends. This is how great it was. We would go uh, to our uh, apartments and we just rotate around, but we would go and we would have Bible study, right? Because we, man, we were, we were, we, we, we were on a good path. We really were. Now, politically, we didn't necessarily know, but we became hungry for things, uh, you know, that were were true and real. And and Rush Limbaugh on the political side, the, the you know, we didn't realize, you know, later he had a Christian worldview, but we did know he was conservative and common sense and everything he said was not what was on the news. And it was saying things about at the time, Bill Clinton, and it was exposing video of him and things you would see nowhere like Bill Clinton, you know, yelling and cussing out his staff. And Hillary being the witch that she was, it was exposed back then, but no one knew it unless you watched certain conservative things. And when I say that, so here's what we would do. We would collectively gather and and do a Bible study at night and it would end about 9.30 or 10. And I remember the only TV stations that would allow Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, he did a TV show back then. And it was a 30-minute show with a live, well, it wasn't live, but it was his live studio when he recorded it at the time. People were in the audience and 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 he would show clips and he did his show uh, showing things you've never seen before. And it was fantastic. It exposed so much of of what we were being we were being lied to uh, for all intents and purposes. You see it on CNN today. Fake news. Right. Well, back then it had no name. It was just Rush just shared the truth. And, you know, he's America's truth detector. He's he's Rush. And it was so fun so we had bible study and there were about seven to ten of us and we'd sit there and then we'd turn on rush man because you couldn't we didn't have a way to record we had vhs of course vcrs at the time and they were bulky and tough and get it right and watch back was fuzzy but you know to play it back so we would watch it live and we had such a great time it was legit like okay everybody rushes on and his show would come on and we'd watch it take it all in and we did that I mean, I think he came on. Uh, I don't. I don't remember I, exactly. I don't think it was every night. Maybe it was. I don't remember. I think it was once a week or something on Thursdays or something to that effect. But uh, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. My, if memory serves me, it might have been once a week. But it was such a special time, and I listened to him throughout the day. So I went through. I graduated uh, ninety. 
three, <clears throat> got my first job uh, in the same town. My wife had another year of school. And, and during that time, a good friend of mine got me my first sales job. Um, <clears throat> so much fun. And I, we would meet up at these things called Rush Rooms. And these were fantastic restaurants with conservative ownership that would play Rush Limbaugh during the during the lunch hour so you could go and eat there was this one italian restaurant we would we would go to every single day that we could and then get away for lunch and we'd meet up and he was a big uh, uh you know rush limbaugh fan as well as was i and we would meet up at the rush room with like-minded individuals so much fun okay it's kind of like uh you know the what's happening now with the trump rallies it was just like-minded good americana and people would laugh and you'd hear rush say something over the speakers and everyone would cheer and let you know laugh and because you would hear it only there it was alternative to what rush limbaugh coined as the drive-by media and this was uh the normal abc nbc cbs at the time you know evening news where they would he described it as such because he uh, so NBC would do a story on on George Bush or something right <clears throat> or, or or any or a family that did something and they would come by and they would you know shoot their guns of information they throw a grenade at that the story and then they would just blow someone's life up they would try at least and then just streak off you know peeling out burning rubber getting out of there and never to come back, even if they were proven wrong, to apologize or to make things right for that person they destroyed. Michael Flynn. Does that sound familiar? So, hence, Rush Limbaugh coined the drive-by media. And it's absolutely true. He coined so many phrases, uh, feminazi, which you, you misunderstand as a woman. You might be offended by that word, but actually it's uh, it, it's not at all insulting. Uh, now, if you're a feminazi, there's very few of them. In the world, but it is absolutely people that are striving and their number one goal is to have as many abortions occur as possible on this planet. And they are man haters. So it's a very unique group. And, and uh, there aren't that many real true diehard feminazis. But he came up with that term as well. People pulled that out of context. Rush Limbaugh uh, means a whole lot to me. I actually looked at him. Uh, my degree is radio, television, communications. Uh, went through college. I did a lot of radio. I did some television, uh, sports anchor, and he was a big influence as well uh, for broadcasting purposes. I learned a lot watching, listening. He is a brilliant, brilliant man and orator, and again, takes the complex and makes it simple and makes it completely uh, palatable for the majority of of people who don't have either the time to research or the ability to understand complexities of politics and what's behind the curtain he can p pull the curtain back and has done that and he hands it to you on a platter in about a 20 minute monologue every hour between 11 and 2 central time and you can hear and be up to date and, and even understand a conservative point of view of what's being done to and for or with america in politics and, and even uh, just uh, current affairs, uh, for that matter. He's brilliant. Brilliant. Did a little bit of college, but didn't like it. Stepped away, did what he wanted, started his career. There's a lot to it. But if you can go and read about and understand 
this man and, and his heart for America. And he comes from a family of attorneys and his brother wrote an amazing book. David Limbaugh wrote an amazing book. His goal as an attorney was to prove, uh, a lot like Lee Strobel did with the case for Christ. He wrote a book coming after Jesus and thought I'd prove this wrong. This is David Limbaugh and ended up getting saved. I believe his whole family now uh, knows Jesus. So it's a really amazing story. Um, that with that family, but uh, just who he is as a man, Rush Limbaugh is an amazing man. He he means a lot to me personally, and he came out this week discussing, uh, like he did back, I think it was February, uh, that he had uh, stage four lung cancer, and um, coughed. He, he wasn't sure when it got checked, and that's sure enough what he had. And he's battled it. He's had some successes, and recently it uh, he. He shared with the world that um, this week that he's had a setback and um, he's very cognizant and uh, um, understanding of, of his situation. And he shared that on his show and um, it just it hits home for a lot of people. I know he's been an inspiration for everybody that most of you listen to, at least between Sean Hannity and Mark Levin. And uh, th- these guys run in tight circles and of course, I'm just sitting here on a little podcast, and uh, you know, I'm I'm nobody, uh, but um, but but he he's influenced uh, this nobody, and in a big big way. And so, um, uh, I would not be here if if my uh, leader <laughs> at the time did not turn reach down and turn on Rush Limbaugh um, and introduce me to him accidentally that day on the main street in Nacogdoches, Texas. And that's a big deal. It, you know, I, I, this would mean a lot more. I know if I was Joe Rogan, right. (laughs) But it it means a lot to me. And, um, I just wanted to share that he's a special man. He'll never know my name. Um, he'll never say my name, but, um, I'll say his and I'll remember him always. And I'll be praying for him. And I reach out to everyone. Um, and just ask that you pray for Rush Limbaugh and his family and what he's going through. And I'm um, just very thankful that he was out there and has been out there. He single-handedly saved AM radio, and everyone knows that, um, even if you're not in, in that industry or, or studied it in school like I did and all of this. But he he's uh, he's done more, uh, and I know he's in the Hall of Fame for, for radio broadcasting, but he's just... Uh, he just means a lot to me personally, and and he's done a a, a whole lot to save. Uh, you'll you will all know one day how much he actually did and what actually came from just his voice and his ability uh, and his discernment that is so strong and able to cut through so much noise and so much uh, fake news. Um, and thanks Donald Trump for tr- for coining that phrase, very accurate. Uh, but yeah, Rush Limbaugh has has made an impact on American politics, but the American history, um, uh, and and so many people out there, and we call ditto heads because so many people would call his show, and uh, one after another, after another, after another, would he would you know, hey, you're on with with Rush, and and they would begin to tell him how great he was, and it got to a point where the first three minutes of of 
uh, you know, not really that long, but but it seemed like it. Well, of every single call was were people admonishing Rush Limbaugh for his uh, ability to do what he does and the greatness uh, that he exudes on the 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 golden behind the golden EIB mic, which is gold. Uh, he does have a golden mic there at his studio, and he speaks through it. But one after another after another would admonish him and, and just uh, speak highly of him. And he said, okay, okay. So somebody finally called in and said, hey, uh, dittos. And that's where it came from. A caller saying, hey, dittos to what that guy just said. Because when you're on hold on a radio show, you can hear what the host is saying and the, spe- you know, the, the other folks are, are discussing, and then they come to you. Well, <clears throat> sure enough, uh, it became uh, dittos, and, and then we became, listeners were ditto heads, and then you had uh, callers that would call in and say things like, hey, Rush, mega dittos. It was just a simple way to compress down what would take 30 seconds to three minutes to just tell him all that's on your heart because you're speaking to a gentleman with such wisdom and, and grace and eloquence and, and such a great orator. And he had such a com- has such a command of the human language and how he articulates things is so refreshing and you get to enjoy it. And it it's like I call it ear candy and I enjoy it so much listening to his voice. It's almost uh, a calming in this storm of noise and 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 and. Uh, I say it again, fake news and all of this distortion that hits us from all angles to turn on Rush Limbaugh and hear that intro music. It's it's a refreshing, refreshing, calming feeling because you're about to hear the truth and hope of 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 what the media doesn't want you to know. And he's going to cut through the lies and hand it to you on a platter it's it's really amazing. It's not. Uh, I'm not comparing this to to the love and and the the this the peace that Jesus will give you through salvation. Uh, it's not that. It's a it's a different part of this world. And politics is the in this world, and we live underneath these politics and these politicians. So we have to, if we're going to obey those rules, and those rules say. Uh, because we sit, some you know, some people don't want to be involved in politics. Well, we're going to live under those rules. So if you're not going to be involved and become a, a, aware of what's going on, um, you know, then you're going to live under these rules that you had no say so in, right? So listening to Rush was an opportunity to to understand more and more and more. And I've so guys since 1991, I've listened to Rush Limbaugh and to hear this news, I just call out for everyone to pray for him and his family, pray for healing, supernatural healing for Rush. And uh, Rush, we love you. And I know you know that. And so uh, mega dittos to you, Rush Limbaugh. So we've got this debate coming up this week. Ryan, I don't know what to think, but uh, somebody's got to get smart at some point and uh, stop putting these liberal uh, moderators. They're not moderating anything. They're 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 doing everything they can to 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 push the uh, the the debate pendulum over onto the Joe Biden side. We know this. Everybody knows this. So this debate's coming up Thursday. Okay, we're going to um, uh, actually be doing a crosstalk. I'll promote that crosstalk yeah, coming up. Yeah, buddy. Yep, yep, yep. 
uh, w- with the other host at cgmradio.com. Uh, uh, the other host will be joining in and we'll be uh, having a crosstalk about the debate. We'll immediately uh, cut the show immediately following the debate on Thursday night uh, between uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden and, of course, Kristen Welker and Joe Biden against Donald Trump. And we will uh, drop it that night. But but that's going to be a lot of fun. But in the meantime, Kristen Welker, just a little about Kristen Welker, this young lady. Uh, <laughs> this is the young lady who took her father to a Christmas uh, at a celebration at the White House with Barack Obama when he was president because they'd given thousands of dollars to the Democrats and and including uh, Joe Biden and uh, Barack Hussein Obama. And they have really been in that camp for a long, long time. So to, to say that this is a moderator of a debate is an absolute joke. And just to, just to emphasize this, uh, I'm going to play a clip from 2016 of uh, the debate between Clinton and Sanders in Flint, Michigan, when they were going through, you know, they've had all the water issues and all that. But uh, this was a moment where a CNN uh, anchor was was throwing it over to to Kristen, who was about to interview one of Hillary Clinton's uh, team members, right? So, so set it up. Uh, Kristen Welker is about to interview uh, a team member of the Hillary Clinton campaign, right? Uh, giving her a heads up about a little something that she may be asking her about. Tad Devine from the spin room. Thank you very much. We go right to Kristen Welker. Kristen, go ahead. He's okay. Okay. And I'm going to ask you about Flint. Kristen, go ahead. You're so, what was that? What was okay. that? So, so what if you didn't understand? It was kind of quick. So, uh, Kristen, go ahead. Kristen, go ahead. Uh, Kristen, and it cuts to her, and there she is speaking with Clinton, uh, Hillary Clinton's t- uh, team member, a uh, spokesman for the Clinton campaign, and she says, uh, "So, I'm going to ask you about Flint," and it goes back to the scene in anchor, and he's kind of like deer in headlights. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm trying to let her know she's on the air. Hey, you're live. Kristen, you're on live. You're live. You're live. Well, this is how they operate. This is why it's fake news, everybody. This is it. She was telling this individual what she was about to ask so as to make them look good, make them prepared, make them as smooth as possible. And by the way, this is, you know, you see who they're going for, right? Again, Hillary Clinton. Well, she was facing off against Bernie Sanders. Well, we all know the fix was in for for that situation, right? They had it set. It was um, already established in the Democrat Party that Bernie Sanders would not become the nominee. They just took him right along. They just just strung him along, right? Hillary Clinton had the entire time the fix was in. She was going to be the Democrat nominee. Okay, that's how they operate. That's how they operate with their own people, and that's how they operate with the the media, how they operate with the candidate of their choice, and that's exactly what we're experiencing with fake news. So this is who's going to moderate the debate between Donald J. Trump, the 45th president of the United States, and Joe Biden, 47 years in the swamp, and that's where I stop. Oh, by the way, he's got Hunter Biden. Uh, He can brag on his son and how great... Nope, he's a crackhead. And he uh, forgot to pay for a computer repair job. The guy took ownership, looked through it, offered it to the FBI. FBI didn't want it. I mean, that's a whole other story. Right now we're talking about the debate. But that should come up. Shouldn't it, America? 
Shouldn't it? Shouldn't it come up? Shouldn't it come up that that is uh, an issue that they may have something on you, Joe Biden, that that's on that computer? And by the way, it ties. But, you know, it just came out again. It just came out today that the FBI has taken hold of it. They're looking at it. You know why they have such interest? Because there were copies. This guy was brilliant. This computer repair guy took ownership, made copies Offered it to the FBI initially in 2019, and they, that's when I think they did take take hold of it and didn't say a word about what was on it or anything during the impeachment. It would have completely blown that up. It would have taken the focus off of Trump and putting it completely on Joe Biden, Barack Hussein Obama, and Hillary Clinton. It would have completely shifted everything, and they couldn't let that happen, right? So this is happening right now. This guy was brilliant. He made copies of this, handed it over to the FBI. The FBI knows there's copies, so they're now against the wall going, we've got to investigate because this guy knows what's on it, and it's out there. And if he knows and we don't do something about it, then that exposes us. So it's a, it's a they've got to they've got to push forward now. Will there be issues before this election? Uh, you know, indictments, whatever. No, probably not. Probably not. However, it should be a question during the debate. That's the point. They should be able to ask, "Hey, Joe, what do you think of Hunter's situation? What do you think about what's on this laptop? Huh? What about the, all that money in the Ukraine? What's going on with Russia? Wow, we didn't." We didn't know a lot of this. Uh, do, you, do you have any anything you'd like to share with us about the money that Biden, you know, uh, Hunter Biden got? And the, he he called you out in an email that that oh he's got to give half of it to pops. Was that you? Are you pops? I mean, aren't these valid questions? Aren't these things that we could? Well, my money is on that. Kristen Welker will not ask about Hunter Biden and the laptop. October surprise that we're all in the midst of right now. And you know why you probably don't know about it? Well, actually, you guys probably all do know about it. But do you know why the world doesn't know about it? Because fake news will not cover it. Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, they're not covering it. They won't. They'll take it down, in fact. They'll put you in Twitter jail, and they'll take your account down, shut it down, if you try to share the New York Post story that highlights this. So that's where we're at. I mean, we're just completely battling. Donald Trump is, that's what people are so sick and tired of being sick and tired and lied to. It's not even funny. The, the press has lost its way. We know this. Sean Hannity says it best. The, the press, for all intents and purposes, uh, the United States media is dead. It's dead. And we have to understand that people have woken up guys. That's why 3000 people are getting in their boats and putting five to 10 flags per boat and going on flotillas. That's why you have Trump trains three miles long on highways right now going down on Saturday afternoons and just honking and waving and living large because it's our way of sticking the middle finger right back at, at these liberal left media that will not share anything positive about what our president has done. And he's done more in four years than we know Joe Biden's done in 47. We know this. It's just true. Factual. Factual. 
So, you know, this debate's going to come on Thursday. We're going to all be watching with bated breath to see how Kristen Welker handles things with her new mute button. By the way, what do you think about that? A Mm. mute button. So how does that work, by the way? Do you just turn it on and off? Like, okay, it just stays on while the other person's talking. You just completely shut down the other person's response. A debate, people want to hear what they have to say. They're there collectively. The world is watching and the mute button stops the reason you're there, which is to hear the nominees share their points of view of not only what is being asked of them, but what the other person's point of view is. It's not just a simple answer. It's a, here's why I'm different than that guy. And that requires a retort on both sides. I don't care, but you, you ask the question and then you get a retort. So while one person's saying something, by the way, it could be a complete lie. I'm going to jump in. You call me out on a lie. I'm going to call you right back out. I'm going to say, nope, that's a lie. And you're going to mute my mic and not allow me that. That's ridiculous. So here's what I don't understand. So they've got one moderator at each one of these debates. The second one didn't happen. Okay, that was going to be a joke. That guy was completely in the camp as well. Just as bad as Kristen Welker. I don't know why she's been uh, selected by this joke of a committee. Who, Who establishes this commission anyway? What a joke. It's just all become a laughing joke. And the great irony is that social media is the way that things are being spread and has allowed America to wake up is through social media. So back to my point, why don't they just have uh, the Republicans pick their moderator and the Democrats pick theirs? Why? What's so hard about that? Why not allow literally Joe Biden, pick whoever you want. I don't care who it is. You can put Nancy Pelosi up there. Let her ask questions. Fine. She gets five. And then we put up Rush Limbaugh. How about that? Come on. All right. All right. We'll put up Sean Hannity. We'll put up Judge Janine. We'll let them ask five Ooh. questions. All right. And then I think the, the nominees will just sit down and watch the 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 the, the, <laughs> the moderators go at it. That's what I think show. would happen. It'd be, It'd be a, a great show. It'd be a great show. Much better than Trump versus Biden. For sure, for sure. So with that, I think it's a super simple solution that they get a moderator of their choice and they sit down and ask questions. And there you go. And we let them have at it. And you go for two hours. All right. I know Sleepy Joe is only able to go about half that time. So, you know, I think there's solutions to these problems, but we just have to have somebody strong enough to enforce them. So we've also got Amy Coney Barrett coming up. Oh, yeah. Looks like the Senate's finally going to push through an amazing Supreme Court nominee. I mean, this young lady is fantastic. And I do mean young because she's our age, my age. So, um, you know, she is probably one of the best. And and uh, this Thursday, they're voting, I believe, to push for the uh, confirmation vote, which will be Monday. So Monday, we get to witness... Uh, uh, Amy Coney Barrett being pushed forth and through uh, to the Supreme Court. It's awesome. She is fantastic. Unreal. They, they have really so they, great. They could not pull a Kavanaugh on this young lady. They couldn't even. They couldn't come close. They they 
they tried, I guess. Really, it was a Trump bash bashing. She just sat there and listened to them bash Trump, really, is what it was. And, you know, she didn't uh, she didn't have to say a whole bunch. And there wasn't a whole lot um, this past weekend. In fact, I heard somebody discussing how the Sunday shows did not discuss her or bash her. And Saturday Night Live did not do a whole lot, if anything, against her, which says a lot because I'm pretty sure those guys would bash anything they could. But it was just tough to find anything to make fun of. So you make fun of her religion or that she's adopted two children from Haiti. What what exactly is funny about that? Or terrible. What what about that makes? Yeah. Right. What makes her uh, unqualified because she's living life, serving God, caring about people. And she's an originalist, so she's not going to make laws from the bench. She's going to simply say, this law means this. I can set my personal beliefs aside, and I can rule on that according to what the original intent was of that law. Okay, what did the Constitution say about this? That's what I'm going to do. Why? By, by the way, when did that become a bad thing? America, wake up. When did these things become bad? When did the Ten Commandments become something we have to pull off of a wall? It's getting so ridiculous. Wake up, man. Because thou shall not kill. When did that become a bad thing? Oh, Antifa, BLM. Okay, that you're right. Right. No consequences, right? Not for those guys. Not in this world. Not right now. Tell you what, I, I it just that stuff I can jump on and I'll stay on that soapbox. So I'm not going to go there, but it's just getting to a level of ridiculousness where good is not good is bad and bad is good, and we know that. By the way, that's in Scripture. It talks about the last days, and man, I don't know where we are relatively speaking. The way God's time frame is, man, it could be tomorrow. But it could be a thousand years. I get it. But either way, we're in a season here where things are crazy upside down. And that's the only way I, I can say it. And it is truly good versus evil. That's where we are. We're in a battle. Good versus evil. And, uh, you know, people finally, you know, good has won out. This is a, a great, great thing that's happening with Amy Coney Barrett pushing through to the Supreme Court. And we get to see her up there before the election occurs. And if there's any funny business at least we know there'll be some sound minds uh on the supreme court sounder than what just passed that said pennsylvania can allow for uh, uh you know mail-in ballots to roll in three days mm-hmm. later what is that all about i hope and pray it's a landslide where those hundred thousand votes don't matter i hope it's such a landslide that pennsylvania doesn't matter we love you pennsylvania we want you to be smart you've elected some real idiots please Catch your snap. Vote for Donald Trump or you guys are going to be out some jobs. All right. That fracking thing is real. Don't let Joe Biden lie to you and you believe him all of a sudden because he said it today because it's Tuesday. No, nope, nope, nope. If their lips are moving, they're lying to you, folks. Wake up. So Amy Coney Barrett is going to be a breath of fresh air. She's going to be an originalist. She's going to be super. She's young. She's going to be on that bench. Oh, I love it. All right. Ready, liberals? Get the duct tape. Wrap it around your head. Because Amy Coney Barrett's going to be sitting there for 40 years. I love it. All right, man. I'll tell you what. 
we're going to end with this. And I, it's, it's a lot of fun to, to see these things happening because <laughs> you don't see it every day. And we have had, first of all, do y'all know that Ice Cube went to the Democrats and said, hey, I've got a plan and it's the platinum plan and it's going to help the uh, African-American community to enhance. And then he just lays it out. And you know what the Democrats said? Uh, let me uh, tell you, Mr. Ice Cube, come back after the election. We'll talk to you maybe then. Oh, what that means is, you know, uh, bye. See you later. We're not interested. We really don't care. And he took that to heart. And you know what he did? He took the plan and he offered it, shared it. He got a listening ear and he bend, he, he was able to bend the ear of Donald Trump. And he got Donald J. Trump to hear him. And he did listen, which says a lot about this man. Listened. And not only that, he's ready to roll on it. He's ready to roll on the platinum plan to create jobs and opportunities for African-American communities that are beat up, run down. And Ice Cube's putting his money where his mouth is. And this guy came forth and Donald Trump said, let me hear it. And he did. And Ice Cube, who's been no friend of Donald Trump, has absolutely said, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. He listened to me where the Democrats would not. I'm in. Ice Cube, all about Donald Trump. Vote Donald Trump for president of the United States of America. Ice Cube's in. So guess what happened? Somebody else started reading and realizing and waking up about what Joe Biden's about to do to him, to, to all of us if he gets elected. And the Democrats and Joe Biden, whoever's pulling his strings, because it's really not him. He's really not quite there. I don't think he, I think he's probably about 40%. He's probably 40% there. Joe Biden's mentally 60% gone, 40%. He's on this, uh, about probably 30% of that. He's, he's on this wheel that just circles and he's able to eat, go to the restroom, walk, you know, say something. The other 10% is the ability to, to read a prompter and to respond. And then they inject him with some kind of medicine that gives him about an hour worth of cogn cognizant ability that he doesn't have regularly. Right. That's my theory. But anyway, <laughs> so with that, somebody got smart and started reading the plan that they're going to increase their taxes. Oh yeah. That's always nice. So for every $10, um, I make, Joe Biden and the Democrats want to take over six of those away when you take away state and local and federal taxes. So I get I, I go work hard. I make a ten dollar bill and they, they lay it out in front of me. One, two, three, four, five, six. And that goes to the government. And then one, two, three, four. OK, that's yours. Put that in your pocket. You get to go and, and eat cake. OK, if you can afford cake, cheap four dollars. I don't cheap know. Cheap cake. Hostess. A slice of cake maybe once a week. But the six go to the government, you know, because they know how to do with your money uh, better things than you know how to do with your money. Right. So 50 Cent comes out this week and says, oh, F, no, F you. I am not giving 60 plus percent of my income away. New York City. <laughs> F you, New York City. And the Knicks suck anyway, so I'm out of here. That's basically what he said. 50 Cent said, uh-uh, no way. And he said, I'm going for Trump. 
I'm out of here. It's amazing. I'm out. Flex it. Do you know how many followers 50 Cent has? Just guess. I don't know. I've... 12 million. Only 12, only 12 million, million followers. Wow. On his, uh, I'm assuming Twitter. Twitter, yeah. yeah. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, because when I looked at I don't know if it's Instagram or Twitter. Either way, 12 million followers. I'm sure it's really uh, synonymous. They're probably uh, the same. But the guy has a ton of people watching him. So when he says, I'm out and I'm voting for Trump, if just 10% hashtag Blexit, if just 10% of his followers follow, that's 1.2 million votes. Assuming they all vote and assuming 10% follow him. Dude, it could be a lot more than that. I'm just saying, but 50 Cent comes out, Ice Cube has come out, and Ice Cube, I think, has got a couple million followers as well. So either way, these guys are big in a community that yours truly would not be able to just walk right into and start saying, hello, uh, we would really appreciate your votes. No, you know, I couldn't do that. I can't do it. But 50 Cent? Oh, yeah. That guy, he has proven himself. That guy's legit street cred through the roof. And he, when he says, uh-uh, no, I'm out of here with some colorful expletives that people would understand that <laughs> generally... Rela- relatable. Re- He's relatable. Totally relatable, right? To a group that I would not necessarily be relatable. Maybe... To, oh, don't maybe in, cut yourself short, JP. Well, you know, I mean, you, you know, know, you're pretty pretty hip. Yeah, I don't, know. And, and I don't know. Jiggy, F.U. New York, I don't jiggy know. Jiggy with it. I don't know. I couldn't okay. say that. But, but I didn't say it. 50 Cent said it. He said that. And he used the words... And everybody said, what? So I'm telling you, man, something's happening out there. When 50 Cent and Ice Cube are on the Trump train, I think that's pretty cool. So, guys, I just wanted to end with that story. I thought it was pretty awesome. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for letting me share a little bit about my heart and what's going on. But I really, really appreciate you guys listening. This is JP's Political Matrix. Again, cgmradio.com forward slash JP to subscribe. See everything we've talked about on cgm.news. Go to cgm.news. Make that your source of news now. It is amazing. It's all there. World news, cgm.news. See you Thursday for another episode of Crosstalk after the debate. God bless and Godspeed.